Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, good morning, Cove Church. My name is Gordon and I get to be on staff here. And today I get to do something very exciting that I never get a chance to do, but I'm excited for an opportunity today to bring a part of the message today. As you'll notice, this is a little different than the norm. I'm joined by Miss Gianna and Pastor Brandon, and we're gonna bring you the message for today's service. So let me tell you what you're in for. I'm bringing the context, and then Gianna will go next with some of the content of today's scripture passage. And Pastor Brandon at the end will clean up after the kids and hit us with a little bit of application for us today. Does that sound good? All right, well, let's go ahead and jump in. As you know, we're in our Lent series, or maybe even if you're joining us for the first time today, Cove Church as a community is in the middle of Lent, participating in this idea of Lent together. And we went through the three pillars of Lent with fasting and almsgiving and prayer. And today we're gonna camp on that idea of prayer because Cove Church, there are different kinds of prayer. And today we're gonna specifically talk about supplication prayer. Say it with me, supplication. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So let me give you a story to kind of give you an idea of this type of prayer. I want to tell you about a guy named George Mueller. And George Mueller was a pastor in a small town in England in the 1800s. And he had a very special call on his life to minister to orphan children. One story goes, toward the beginning of his ministry that he had gathered 300 children into the dining hall for dinner. The children are dressed and ready for school, but there is no food to eat, the house mother of the orphanage told Pastor George. He simply sat down and thanked God for the food and waited. George knew God would provide food for the children as he always did. Church, the miraculous thing is that within minutes, a baker knocked on the door. Mr. Mueller, said the baker, last night I could not sleep. Somehow I knew that you would need bread today. I got up and baked three batches for you. I will bring it in. Soon there was another knock at the door. It was the milkman. His cart had broken down in front of the orphanage. The milk would spoil by the time the wheel was fixed. And he asked George if he could use some free milk. And George smiled as the milkman brought in 10 large cans of milk. It was just enough for the 300 thirsty children. And Cove Church, this is just one of the many examples in George Mueller's life and ministry as he would go on to serve over 10,000 orphan children throughout England. Wherever there was a need, there was a prayer and an assurance that God would provide for that need. I want to take us now, church, to today's text. We're going to be in the book of Philippians, so go ahead, turn there, turn on the app if that's your thing, and hold a finger there as we're getting ready to dive in. This is a great portion of scripture, and let me give you a bit of both physical and spiritual context for today's text. First, the physical context. Our author is Paul. Paul, the apostle, has an, a radical, amazing story of conversion that we're not going to dive totally into today. But some important things to note, church, is that he was first well-educated. It would be equivalent to a modern-day PhD in theology. 
and he was an extensive traveler and missionary. He went on to do three missionary journeys in his lifetime. You'll notice a photo on your screen here that kind of showcases his three missionary journeys around the Mediterranean Sea. And this resulted in several church plants in both Europe and Asia, Asia Minor or modern day Turkey. One of those church plants led to a flourishing church community in Philippi. Paul initially visits Philippi and then goes on to continue communication with them while he's imprisoned for spreading the gospel. And this is the bit of text that we'll look at today. Our time period that we're in is AD 62. Location-wise, again, Paul, he's imprisoned. He's incarcerated. It's uncomfortable. It's not ideal. And it's debated if he was in Rome or elsewhere, but nonetheless, we know that the Apostle Paul was imprisoned under Roman rule for spreading the gospel. The church he writes to, again, is Philippi, a predominant city in the western part of Macedonia, the original P-Town. Now, onto our spiritual content. It's interesting to note that the spiritual context for the book of Philippians is actually set up back in the book of Acts. So church, I know you got a thumb holding that spot in Philippians. Go ahead and flip on back to Acts. And if we take a look specifically at Acts 16, we see where the Lord calls Paul to spread the gospel in Philippi through a dream. This comes out of Acts 16, 9 through 10 in the NIV. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. That's amazing. Now, church, it's safe to say that Philippi was a thriving city. We would even say it had a robust economy. Again, the original P-Town, if you're familiar with Portland, it has culture, it has merchants, it has economy. But even though the physical needs of Philippi were abundant, as we see from this passage, there was a lack of something in the spiritual. Hence, why he sent Paul. In church, I relate with this myself as I've been in seasons of life where I've flourished in the material, but have been wilting in the spiritual. And it's in those moments that God steps in almost with a Paul-like nature or circumstance or person that turns that situation around. And I'm encouraged that he can do the same for you today. So church, let's bring this back full circle to our passage today because a way that God shows up and a way that we get to communicate with the Father is through prayer. And as mentioned today, we're specifically talking about supplication. So this idea of supplication, as we begin to unpack this even further, let's start with a working definition that I'm gonna take out of the Oxford definition. So if you Googled supplication in the first 10 minutes of this sermon, you're probably looking at this right now. So let's read it together. Uh, supplication, according to Oxford, the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. And so we'll continue to unpack this through today's message. And now to take us even deeper, I'm gonna pass it over to Miss Gianna. All right, well, as Gordon said, my name is Gianna and I am the Cove Kids Director, um, which means I get to spend a lot of time with your kids and teach kids and they have short attention spans. So now that I'm with you, 
I know you might have a little bit more of an attention span, so thank you for the hour and a half you are going to give me today. I'm so excited. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Um, yeah, so we will be spending time in Philippians 4. Philippians 4 is the bookend of Paul's letter to his friends and some of his biggest ministry supporters. As he was writing out some of his final thoughts, he addresses his friends to come alongside two ladies of the church who weren't quite getting along and they had some conflict. So he was encouraging them to help them work it out. He then goes on to give some of the most well-known verses that are super big for encouraging us on how to live for Christ. He also shares um, his gratitude because again, they were some of his biggest supporters. So this is a very big shout out to the Church of Philippi. So. But our focus today will be on verses 4 and 7. So let's read that together. Philippians 4, 4, verse 7. And it goes like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So from this chapter, in the midst of church drama, spiritual needs, Paul's heart for the church was to remind them of how we are to think and live as Christ followers, how to be recipients of God's peace. And so how are, we, how are we to receive God's peace? We'll start out with rejoicing in the Lord. So throughout Paul's letter, there's this theme of rejoicing and suffering. Like Gordon said earlier, Paul wrote this while he was in prison. So probably wasn't the best of times for him there. In that time, believing in the gospel was a threat to their lives. But Paul's reminder to the church was that the Lord is at hand. He, the Lord is near. He was present with them and he is present with us today. And that's always a reason to rejoice. The next key piece to receiving God's peace is don't be anxious. So when has it ever been a helpful when at times when you're in, like facing anxiety or just high stress where someone just says, just don't think about it or don't worry about it. You know, don't be anxious. You know, when I heard that, I'm like, okay, Paul. But, <laughs> but really, many times I've heard that verse and thought of it as a solution when really it's just the start of overcoming an anxious mind. So here we have rejoicing and anxiety. Rejoicing is when we can look ahead to something and we see God's hope. We have a hopeful future ahead. There's peace about it. Anxiety is actually the opposite. It's actually looking ahead, but all you really see is fear and impending doom. So I don't think it was a mistake that Philippi was rich in material with wealth, but really poor in peace. In a way, they had a lot of anxiety to go with a lot of their stuff. So this text is immediately appropriate for the US today. We are the world's wealthiest nation, most powerful nation in the world. And yet, here's some stats we have about anxiety. 
42.5 million Americans suffer from some form of anxiety disorder. Over the last three decades, anxiety disorders have jumped over 1,200%. And what do we worry about? Personal income, social security system, terrorist attacks, healthcare, race relations. Those are like the top five things, according to Gallup. So as Christ followers, what are we to do with all of these burdens, worries, anxieties? We are to pray. Instead of leaving our worries and anxieties and fears for something for us to figure out on our own, we are invited to let God know through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. So the definition Gordon gave of supplication describes how the world sees supplication through begging, pleading. Um, I just always have this, you know, image of like cartoon characters, you know, sweating bullets and just like begging and, you know, they're at the mercy of someone else. So in the time, um, supplication was based on like positional status. They knew distant, fickle, moody gods who they had to appease when it came to supplication. As a Christ follower, we part from the world differently because of the love of God. We are still, but yet we are still to be humble and we do it full of faith and confidence. Hebrews 4, 16 says this, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that, may, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As we position ourselves in Christ, we get all, we get the gift of all judgment and sin being settled at the cross. Because of Jesus, we can take on a whole new way to approach God with our needs as sons and daughters. So in verse seven, it says that through prayer, after all is said and done, God's peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind. Prayer is where we place all confidence and trust in God, even if our circumstances may seem like they never will change or they might even get worse. Yet he wraps us in peace. It's honestly a mystery in this kingdom transaction, right? Where we take what's heavy on our hearts, what's heavy on our minds and make it known to God. And with Thanksgiving, that's a key part in all this, with Thanksgiving, because he is good no matter what. And in exchange, we are filled with peace. The only peace that comes from God. So how I've seen and experienced uh, this beauty and mystery of God's peace was back in August of 2021, I got a phone call from my mom and she was letting me know that her and my sister were taking my dad to the hospital because his oxygen levels in his blood were way too low. He was feeling pretty sick. Um, within less than 24 hours, things went from bad to worse after my dad tested positive for COVID. And this was the time of the Delta variant and that only had a 25% chance of survival. Uh, the same, the same day, on that same day, uh, they told my dad that he needed to be on a ventilator to let his lungs try to 
kind of rest and fight and recover from the virus. At that point, all hope seemed lost um, because how defeated you know, patients were feeling, doctors were feeling, nurses, and the world, we were all feeling so defeated from this variant. And as a family, we were also very exhausted. Um, but we knew the next steps was to arm ourselves up in prayer because we strongly believe in the power of prayer because we've seen God do miracle after miracle in our lives. Um, my brother was healed of cancer when he was 12 years old. We've just seen him do some crazy and pretty awesome things. So we knew this is something God can help us work through again. Um, I'm not going to lie. I actually struggle a lot with anxiety. It's probably one of my default modes, really. But during this time, uh, I never felt so much confidence and so much faith in God that he, I just knew he could do it. I knew he could heal my dad. But at the same time, I had such peace that even if I didn't get the outcome that I wanted, that I would be okay and my dad would be okay and it would all work out because of God's love for us. So my family, we, we didn't pray alone. We actually invited everybody we knew to come alongside us and pray. And something that was new for me during that time of prayer was being very thorough with my requests. My mom, she was able to be in the ICU unit care every, every day with my dad which was a huge blessing. Um, so she was able to get information from the nurses and doctors and, and just be with my dad during that time. Um, the nurses actually also gave, gave me permission to call them and get some updates. So every night I was able to give them a call and they were so graciously, um, they were so gracious to give me some answers or even just say like, hey, sorry, there's nothing's changed. Long story short, after physically battling back and forth on a ventilator for 25 days, my dad's health took a turn for the better. Um, on August 27th, my dad was awake and he was on the road to recovery. Um, in fact, I got the news while I was standing here at a Trader Joe's um, in the back section next to the cards and I just was crying and all these people were looking at me like what is this girl's problem um yeah we still had masks so you just saw like a bunch of tears and um man I I'll never forget that day being able to FaceTime my family and see that my dad was awake again um he had then spent the next 20 days in rehab and and to regain his strength after that he took a six-month sabbatical um but now he's back in good health he is returning um, and doing the very thing that he loves, which is loving God, loves his family. He's serving his ministry, um, thriving more than ever. So it's a pretty awesome thing that, that God has done for my family. And it was only through prayer that I was able to receive God's peace. I just wanted to thank Cove Church also for coming alongside my family in prayer. Um, we were blessed with the blanket that I actually got to take to my dad. And it was actually perfect. There's a whole story behind it. 
the pattern has a golf, golf pattern on it and the ladies who put it together had no idea that my dad is actually a golf coach and it was just a really awesome thing to just bring that to my family is just encouragement of hope. So I just want to thank Cove Church for coming alongside my family during that time in prayer and, and support. So, Cove Church, I think you'll agree with me. There's nothing uh, for me to clean up contrary to Gordon's initial uh, introduction. I, in fact, I would probably say it this way. The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, and now some 2,000 years later, through this preserved miracle of a document and through the beautiful minds of Gordon and Gianna, I think have brought us to kind of this one overarching thought, and it's this, our big idea for today, supplication is the antidote to anxiety. Let me read it one more time. Supplication is the antidote to anxiety. In fact, as you, as you read this, kind of render this language, this, what, what Paul says here, be anxious for nothing, it really is a command. It, I can almost see the Apostle Paul kind of maybe um, kind of hammering on a desk as he's, as he's writing or as he's dictating or, or maybe just turning someone by the shoulders and looking them in the eyes and saying, listen, stop it. Stop being anxious. To which some of us, like Gianna, would probably say, oh, that's nice. Great. It's cute. Uh, it's naive, you know, Paul. Uh, overly simplistic. Uh, so, you know, what are you saying? Am, am I supposed to stop my exercise, my breathing exercises and, you know, working with my counselor and, uh, you know, hard pass? Cope Church, listen, I, we're not saying any of that. In fact, I have a counselor. Uh, I have a breathing routine that I go through. I think what the Apostle Paul is after is something deeper. In fact, I would say this. There really is no disunity between God and science, including um, you know, kind of the social sciences and psychology. He created our psyche and he's gifted, wonderful, beautiful counselors. I would just ask us to consider what would happen if we put the two together? In fact, what if we led with the wisdom that Paul dispenses here in Philippians? Anxiety, Cove Church, is a thief. It steals our, um, our, our sleep. It steals our, our hope, our peace, our joy. It's a thief. I heard the story uh, of this lady who was just plagued with this fear, this anxiety that a thief was going to break into her house. She, she would double check and triple check all the locks. She would go to bed. She would get up out of bed, come back down, check all the windows, check the locks. When she left the house, she would, you know, drive around the block to make sure that no one was, you know, kind of stalking the house, waiting for her to leave. She invested all kinds of money, her and her husband, into cameras on the house. It plagued her while she was, you know, this anxiety while she was home. It plagued her while she was at work. It was exhausting. Finally, about 10 years into uh, this anxiety, guess what happened? A thief broke in, a burglar broke in, and uh, her husband went downstairs and confronted the burglar, uh, you know, said, hey, hey, listen, excuse me, hate to interrupt you, just wondering if you could come upstairs and meet my wife. She's been expecting you for 10 years. Cove Church, anxiety is a thief. And I want to share with you a little information about this word uh, that we've been throwing around. This word anxiety, the Apostle Paul uses, in fact... As I, as I share a little bit about this word, kind of the original language, if this message has not become razor sharp for you, I believe it will at this moment. 
Paul uses this word marineo, it means to worry. It's used 19 times in the New Testament and 17 times our English translators use the word anxiety. Let me give you a few examples. 1 Corinthians 7.32, the same apostle Paul said, I want you to be free from anxieties. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 25. See if, see if this sounds familiar, the same emphasis or kind of the same emphatic nature. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Luke 10, 41, this famous story, Mary and Martha, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Marineo, it's the same word. What's interesting about this one word that we have in English, it's, it's two words, it's a combination of two words in the Greek. It's meridzo, which means to tear or divide. And the other word is nous, which is the mind. So the literal translation is, it's a tearing of the mind, co-church. It's a division in the mind. Anxiety often takes place when we're torn between legitimate thoughts and destructive thoughts when we're torn between the present and maybe some future trip that we're on in our lives. When we're trying to do our jobs, for instance, and we're filled with anxiety about future employment. Uh, maybe when we're working on being the best parent we can be and yet filled with anxiety whether we're doing it right. That never goes away, by the way, parents. When you're dutifully saving money for the future and all at once you're filled with anxiety whether you're gonna outlive your savings or have enough. Some of us maybe are like Martha, where we're trying to be present to Jesus. We're trying to serve Jesus, and yet we're torn with anxiety and frustration at other people and all kinds of other things. And remember what Jesus said to Martha. He says, you're not just anxious about serving me and trying to be present and be a good host and being frustrated with Mary. You're anxious about many things. Cove Church, this is a horrible way to live. It's, it's a torn mind. It's a divided mind. And it saps us of our joy and our peace, our sleep, our productivity. Our mind is torn. And I get it. Church, I, I, I understand. I, I know why we're anxious about the things that Gianna shared with us. I could have written that list out of my own life especially maybe for someone who's not a Christ follower or even a Christ follower who doesn't have their faith anchored in Jesus. In fact, let me give you this thought. When we don't live with anchored faith, we will float in a sea of anxiety. I want to take us to this phrase um, that Paul says. He gives the command. It really is a command. Stop being anxious. And then he says this. Let your requests be made known to God. That phrase, when, when you kind of unpack this one in the original language, there's, uh, there's honesty there. There's detail there. There's specificity there, Cove Church. In fact, one translation says this, tell God about every detail of your life. In Cove Church, when we do, when we get that detailed and that honest with God and that specific with God about the things that are plaguing us, there's this beautiful transaction that happens spiritually. There's this beautiful exchange and Paul hits it. Gianna hit on it. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Pastor Brandon, how can that be? 
It's a, it's a spiritual principle. Gianna didn't know that only but by faith. And yet as she turned in supplication and prayer with her family, there was this unmistakable, mysterious, yet very real peace that flooded her life. So, Cove Church, I want to insert our new uh, definition of supplication. I want to kind of insert that into our big idea. Let's try it. It's the act supplication, the act of approaching a loving God in humility, boldness, frankness, thankfulness, and precision about our needs is the antidote to anxiety. So Cove Church, uh, I don't know where this message lands with you today, but my sense is some of us have a divided mind. And it's not just kind of divided or bifurcated into two. Maybe you're like Martha, you're worried about many things and it's exhausting. It's robbed you of so much in your life. And my sense is the Holy Spirit is tapping you on the shoulder today saying, listen, I want you to be honest with me and bring me every detail of your life. And my promise to you is, the Holy Spirit would say, there will be a beautiful exchange of peace. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this promise. Thank you for this command from you. And thank you that it's backed up with a promise of peace that's gonna surpass everything, all, every part of our understanding. We, we won't understand it, and yet it will be as real as anything in our life. Lord, for the one anxious about money, anxious about debt, anxious about their relationships, anxious maybe about an impending divorce, anxious about an impending bankruptcy, anxious about an impending business decision or a decision about education and school or going back to school. Lord, for the anxious mind, the one that's torn, I pray for your peace. Lord, I I pray that you would inspire their heart to bring to you in in, uh, truthfulness, in humility, in honesty, and, and with exacting specificity what they desire from you, what they need from you. And God, may your peace flood their soul. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bless you, Cove Church. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com, or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.